Community-led growth is a hot topic across marketing teams these days. I mean, what's better than having an entire audience of your customers or ICP all together in a place where you can steer and participate in the narrative so directly? At Metadata, we wanted to build a community a little differently, just like everything else we do. On today's episode of Demand Gen U, our head of community, Katie Ray, and I will talk all about our experience building the demand community, the approach, the decisions, as well as where we're planning to take it in the future. Demand Gen U is officially in session. Let's do it. Back with another episode of Demand Gen U today, and I'm joined by Katie Ray, our head of community. Katie, before we get started today, why don't you give a little introduction to yourself and a little bit of your background, and then we'll jump right in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, like Jason said, my name is Katie Ray. I'm the head of community at Metadata. Um, I have worked at some of your hopefully favorite communities in the past, um, like at Sales Hacker and Clary, and I'm so thrilled to be here um, if you don't know, I've got three Huskies, so hopefully they won't be interrupting us today with some big howls of theirs. Um, but if they do, I guess it's a little extra treat for us. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for us to chat about what we're building at Metadata. Awesome. Cool. So we've got quite a few topics we're going to go through today. Most of them are really going to be about, you know, the community that we're building, the demand community we're building, uh, what led up to it, some of the early conversations Katie and I had. We're really just going to kind of take take you guys through our experience. Um, and uh, hopefully this helps people. If you're thinking about building a community or you're already doing one, uh, you'll just kind of know um, some of the decisions that we made and some of the whys and then some of what we're doing and why we think it's cool. So uh, so yeah, that's the episode today. Um, let's start early on. So like, so uh, let's talk about when I reached out to you, actually. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. Um, I'm really glad so, we're going all the way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's some stories here. Uh, so we had find. So what was nice is, and we'll talk a little bit about like how we got community approved, you know, and kind of started and that stuff. But I actually had it approved, and we had some ideas before Katie joined. And you know, because we like to, we like to as soon as we have an idea we like to try and start to execute on it like really really quickly even if we don't have all the right like all the perfect people and all the right experience it's like okay we know we're going to do it let's yeah. not wait let's get going and so mark and i neither of us had ever built a community before i've never even really participated in communities that much mark is you know more than i have so i didn't have a lot of experience of like what i don't like what i like um and so we just started to trying to find, you know, like, what would this look like for, for us, you know, and we started doing that before we ever even talked to you. But so then I got approval, like, oh, I get to hire a head of community. It's like, oh, cool. And the way we like to hire at metadata is, I don't know if we've ever, we've maybe hired one or two people that actually like, applied for a job. Most of the time we're reaching out to people we know, we're trying to find like the best people in the industry. Uh, who, who we might be able to entice to like, you know, come work with us. And Katie was one of those. And actually, Katie, you got, so Gil just sent me your profile one day. So our <laughs> CEO, Gil, we were just kind of going back and forth like, gosh, who, you know, what, what's the type of person that we'd want here? And, you know, let's look for some people that have done this before. And all of a sudden I get, I can't remember what your LinkedIn says. Is it community Katie or something like that? Like yeah. you're, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's I, like, man, right. she's, yeah. So it's like LinkedIn.com slash whatever slash community Katie. So like she has her own, you know, like LinkedIn name on there. I was like, oh man, she's gone that far to, you know, to put community in like her LinkedIn URL, I guess. And so I got to reach out to her. 
And I thought, yeah. there's no way, you know, she looks like she's ready to, she looks like she's set, you know, she's happy. I thought, oh, there's no way she's even going to reply to me. But uh, maybe, and I'm, I don't know if I've asked you this, like, what were your, when you saw that note, what were you, were you just like, oh, I don't even know who these guys are. They're yeah, like, let me I figure this no out. Or... <laughs> well, you know, I don't really come from a marketing background, despite what some of my good friends might say, but coming from a, a sales perspective, I was like, well, the CEO and the VP of marketing reached out, like, you know, it's, it's worth the conversation. Let's just chat. And it was so funny because I remember in that call with you and you're like, we want to launch a community in three weeks. We haven't hired anybody, but this is our plan. And I, I don't know if I ever told you this. I, once I got the phone with you, uh, I went straight to my husband. I was like, these guys are out of their mind, but like, this looks awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. Yep. Three weeks, like, holy yep. shit. <laughs> Sounds about great. right. Yeah, sounds about right. Good descriptor. <laughs> Good first impression. Yeah. Luckily, we didn't launch it in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So Katie actually talked some sense into me. So and that was actually one of the cool things was during the like process of us just talking and getting to know each other and kind of figuring out, you know, is this a good role for you? Is this the right fit? You were helping us out a lot, too, just through those. We'd have like kind of strategy sessions with you a little bit yeah. where we we're kind of like bouncing ideas off of you. So you know, even though you hadn't started yet, you were definitely influencing, um, you know, influencing the community. So yeah, it was just great to, I just kind of like to, you know, how did you end up getting here? And so, yeah, yeah. so that's Katie's kind of story coming in. Um, so let's jump into it a little bit. So let's talk about why we decided to go all in and, and really build a community. Cause again, you know, like I said, I don't have experience doing it. Mark doesn't have it. I don't remember, you know, we talk a lot with Dave Gearhart. So I'm sure he has, he had some influence on it, you know, the hit communities that he's built um, and just kind of like the why and, you know, what kind of benefit that has. And, uh, and so we were thinking, you know, and we'd done, and I'll talk a little bit about this part, like the last year we've really like tried to build an audience of people that, you know, we can communicate with that will listen to what we have to say. And we kind of started it with our demand event last year, which was an industry event, you know, that we had 4,400 people register for. Yep. And that was really like our first sign that, oh, wow, like people actually want to hear what we have to say because we've been doing a lot of content and things like that, um, that had gotten good responses, but we just didn't know. We we're like, okay, we feel like we're spraying and praying, but we're like, oh, we actually, we think we actually have a little bit of a community with what we were doing um, with demand and then like Mark and I on organic social and even the company page and how we've been growing that through organic social, like, Hey, we might actually have an audience here. So, uh, maybe there's something to it. Um, and you know, we, we knew that we didn't want commercial, like, you know, like revenue to be the focus of the community. And that's one of the things that you and I, Katie talked about early on, because I think you wanted to make sure that we were doing it for the right reasons, right? And yeah. so maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, what are the right reasons to, yeah, to build absolutely. a community? Well, with community, um, and if you're listening to this, hopefully you, you're in the in the throes of deciding what your community should look like, or hopefully a member. Most of us are members in some form or fashion of a community. Um, but when we were going through this process, it was so important to me that Whatever community looked like, it was something that was meant to add value. It wasn't about us. It's about our members. And so whenever you talk about audience, um, as a community manager, I always kind of cringe a little bit because so often people say, well, we have an audience, therefore we have a community. And where it was so cool is mm. instead of that, because traditionally audiences consume, communities will regurgitate and they'll encourage discussion and different perspectives. 
And so whenever we looked at how do we make this valuable and what type of community we should have, I think that was something that was actually top of mind for me was there's already so much information. There's already a lot of people who love the content that's being put out. And really the main reason is it's a value added. It's something that they can take that day and implement it immediately. And so I think whenever we looked at like how this community should 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 work, it, it really should just be around constant information that they can get exclusively for them that can meet them wherever they're at and can make their life a little bit better. And, and so ideally, you know, then people are happy and they're coming back and they're sharing and they're in they're sharing the community and we're growing. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about growth, but I think that's really what was top of mind was as we're going through this, we have to make sure that whatever it is, our members are getting value and it's something that they see themselves a part of. And um, I know we'll kind of go a little bit later about with growth ownership of from our members as well. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not, you know, wanting to do like to, to offer value to them that's thinly veiled and like, oh, but then it turns into revenue. You know, like we were really thinking of it. We, you know, so getting the community approved, I never put any revenue numbers associated with it. You know, it was just like, let's not do that yet. So let's, you know, if we have, if we're building a community and we're just immediately thinking of like, okay, what's the path to revenue? You know, what's the path to revenue? Um, I feel like we would have made some decisions that like wouldn't have made the community as valuable to the members. And like you said, also all the content we'd been developing the year and a half before we launched, it, it is all about helping marketers get better at what they do, you know, get better at their job, agnostic of what tools they have. Like none of our content is, Hey, you need metadata to do, to do this. Or, Hey, wouldn't you, wouldn't it be great if you had metadata to do this? You know, it's like, let's build relationships with marketers that we'll get to see our content through the content, start to realize, oh, these guys might be doing something smart over there and then come check out the product. You know, one of the things we wanna make sure of is we didn't wanna have this direct tie to just revenue. We didn't wanna be thinking about revenue right from the beginning because I think, you know, even if, like, let's say you're, you know that you need to have revenue, associate, you know, you know you need to have revenue like sourced and like coming through the community to really like make the ROI work out or like, Hey, we're going to invest in this. So we do need some, we need to affect or, you know, support commercial activity in some way. But let's say you're like, Hey, okay, we know that, but we're still going to try and put this together in a way. And we're still going to try and think about that. I still think people will, will, will yeah. be like, wait, they're still trying to like, you know, milk this for revenue. And so we were from the very beginning, it was like, what would we do agnostic of it? Let's say we had no revenue goals associated with this. What would we do? What kind of programming would we do? What kind of experiences would we want to give people? And so I think, and that's, that's how we do our demand event. Like we really have that thought with most of the things that we do. If we do it the right way for marketers, then the commercial stuff will happen. You know, it's like now we, we won't just sit around and like, hey, twiddle our thumbs, like where's revenue, you know, but like, you know, we'll do something for it, but it's not going to be, it won't be like obvious. It won't be like uh, spammy. It won't be, you know, that's the last thing we want is for people to think that, hey, we just built this community so we could have commercial benefit from it because yeah. that's not why we built it. Well, and I think where it's so cool and for folks who are trying to build their community, something to really consider and something that we did consider, especially when it comes to revenue is we're very, very fortunate with how we're positioning our product within the community. 
um, it, and it's going, it looks very different than what you're imagining. Cause I can only imagine that what you're thinking about is like, oh, like you said, Jason, we're spamming, we're putting metadata everywhere, but instead we're talking about best practices. We're talking about, um, LinkedIn ads and different ways to leverage social and talking about changes that we're seeing, um, with this in our, in our members are talking about this as well. And ideally the conversation will eventually grow to. Um, I'm doing this. I feel like there's got to be a better way. Anyone have recommendations? And then that's when a, a power user comes in and says, hey, we're using metadata and it's working great. And then that person says, oh my gosh, I should reach out to them. This is a great idea. Obviously, like that's a very simplistic example, but but that's kind of how we're hoping to see the conversations kind of flush out to, to eventually be revenue producing. But once again, like that's very organic. And I think as we're building this in from the very beginning, by having our intentions set right, you know, ideally we'll be having uh, those conversations. And we've already started seeing this, this community-led growth. We had a conversation about last week and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting, so early to have this. Um, but my favorite part is it's not coming because of us pushing it down their throat. It's becoming, it's because of peer-to-peer conversation, word of mouth referrals, that would probably happen regardless of the community, but because it's in our our space, we get to see it firsthand. And that's just like a really wicked cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. And, you know, the conversations, um, sometimes I find myself like I'll see somebody mention metadata and I almost want to be like, wait, no, don't don't mention metadata, you know, because it's like <laughs> I don't want people to think that, you know, we're CD, we're planting people or yeah. that, you know, we've got like plants in there, you know, it's like we don't. But. It just starts, like you said, it starts to happen organically. And we even did, you know, to try and prevent some of that from happening, we created a private channel in our community just for customers. So like, we were like, hey, if you want to have customer conversations or talk about the metadata product, awesome, because we want, that's actually a big part of the community for us is actually we wanted customers to have a place to chat with themselves and, you know, get support from each other and that kind of thing. Or what are you doing cool in the platform? And let me, you know, let me do that. Um, But even with that, we still see like some metadata conversation happening yeah. out in the general community. And so, and, you know, we're not going to stop it. Of course, we're not going to like, Hey, wait, no talking about metadata here. <laughs> you keep that to the private channel. But, um, but like you said, it's going to happen organically. And when it does, that's, that's the word of, that's really the word of mouth, you know? And so we're kind of giving people a place, a little bit of a place, you know, like a centralized place too, to, to have some of that convert, that word of mouth conversation too, or it yeah. ends up being that, you know? Yeah. Um, cool. So let's let's switch. Let's talk about like some of the decisions we made around like what kind of community we wanted to build. And, you know, I'm sure other marketers thinking about building a community are going to be thinking about some of these th- same things yeah. as well. First, let's talk about like the decision. There's a lot of people build customer communities mm-hmm. or they build industry communities yeah. Yeah. or they're like a hybrid of both. And so that was honestly one of the from the very beginning, we were thinking industry community. But we did go through a few macerations where we we're like, hey, maybe this is just for customers, you know, and um, because we do have a lot of good B2B marketers in there. So it could be like really good general B2B conversation and support customers and very unique and like a special value add or value yeah. pop for customers. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately we decided to go broader, but maybe talk a little bit about those decisions, Katie, and like, and yeah. not necessarily for us, but just generally, you know, like how, yeah, how absolutely. Co- companies go through that. Yeah, uh, it's really tough. Um, at, at Sales Hacker, we were very much for the sales pro. We wanted our members to be sellers who wanted to do their job better and who were tired of the traditional 
way that sales has always been run and wanted to move forward. Um, at Clary, we wanted our community to be for our customers. We wanted it to be more product feedback. We wanted um, to do like more user education. And while both of those um, are really great options, you know, whenever you're going through that process, you have to decide what's best for your business. And I know I wasn't a part of all the, of the conversations, but I'm so thankful that we kind of went down this route because um, while we could have just had a, a totally fine community just for our customers, and we could have provided a lot of what well, we were already providing for our cab members um, and our meta testers and so many other groups of, of power users. Um, I think where, where it's so cool is we're by not having just customers, we're not limiting ourselves to almost an echo chamber. So where where I love um, seeing the discussion of the conversation go is from a mix of our current power users and our customers to folks who are not users and seeing like the differences of experiences, but then also seeing um, different types of industries. Of, of course, it's going to be pretty similar in, in a lot of ways. Um, but just by having potential prospects and current customers in one spot, having a unified conversation, it's so unique. You you don't get that echo chamber that you would get of just customers or just industry folks. Um, same thing, we work really, really hard to have members who um, are not always the most active in community. We usually call them lurkers. We try and find ways to get them involved and get their feedback. So we're not just getting the same active members. Because whenever you do that, right. you know, it's once again an echo chamber. And then your decisions are really based off of a small percentage of your community members. So when we were kind of thinking about yep. that, um, I know that was what I was like really thinking about whenever it came to that. Yeah, no, that's great. And, um, you know, for me, I wanted it a like, from the beginning, I really wanted it to be an industry-based community, but like with customers in there and a focus on getting customers in there as well. And, um, but one of the things we didn't, that I really didn't know was the size, you know what I mean? So this is something, and you know, this, like I struggled with this a lot, you know, when we were talking through the strategy and, yeah. you know, going back and forth and what, you know, honestly, and one of the reasons I struggled is because our CEO Gil likes big numbers, you know? And so like, honestly, that was one of the reasons I was just like, um, you know, if I were to just to throw a big number out, like he'd be like, oh, cool. But if like, if it's a smaller number, then it has to be the smaller number than like the why, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. but I didn't know. I was just like, <laughs> I've never built a community. So for me, it was like, ah, yeah, let's go big, you know? And I think I, I remember early on, I was so anxious because it was like, how do you launch a community with several, with like 2000 members? Cause I really wanted yeah. to like, I wanted a couple thousand yeah, ready to go like day one. And then I wanted like us to have like a whole programming thing built out. Like I wanted us to solve world peace for marketers. <laughs> apparently, um, I had all these ideas in my head and, you know, of course, some of them are fed by Gil. Our CEO is really good at, you know, putting ideas in your head that you then are like, oh, can I, can I do this? <laughs> um, but I didn't, there was, I couldn't, I couldn't answer the question. Well, why? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when I would think about it in my mind, I was like, and I would even have this conversation with Gil, but to what end? Like, okay, great. We have 2000 members in there. What does that mean? You know, yeah. and we, neither of us could, neither of us could be like, well, it means we were both like, oh, okay, wait, let's think about this for a little bit. And so, and I remember you and I were talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we were kind of like, oh, let's start with like a couple hundred. And in my mind, I was like, that's a failure. You know, I was like, oh my God, that would be a fail. And, but yeah. when we really started talking about it, um, 
And again, part of this is probably because I don't have a lot of experience with communities, but I was like, oh, no, this actually might make more sense. And then we got, then we took it way back. We were like, yeah, let's actually not even define what this is going to be really. Like, actually, why don't we do this the metadata way, which is we'll kind of half bake it and then we'll let the crowd kind of decide, you know, what they want to do. And, and so we came up with this idea that I loved, which was let's start small with a hand-picked set of people that we would want to be in a community with, you know, like customers, non-customers, marketers, LinkedIn influencers, CMOs, specialists, you know, like let's just, sure. let's just try that and then be very vocal, call them founding members and have them help us define like, what is this ultimately going to look like for the rest of everybody? And once we, once you and I kind of came to that, that felt so right. And then Gil was like, oh yeah, that actually makes sense. Cause you still have a goal of growing it, you know, pretty oh, big, yeah. but we're just going to, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it right. And that's what I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about, about oh, that. And, and maybe even some of your experience when you were hearing what I was talking about, cause I don't know how crazy I probably sounded, but, um, or ridiculous and you still joined <laughs> yet. So I, there must have been some something I, I said that sounded I, I like not super in. crazy. I'm for punishment. No, but I, I wish y'all could have heard those first few calls that I had with Jason and Mark and just hearing these ideas. And honestly, actually, the 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 big thinking was one of the reasons why I wanted to be on this team was because I was like, man, they're dreaming so big. Like, holy shit, we can do so much. And like, I never, I've never felt limited. Um, And so I've really loved that. But I will say for those of you that know me, you know, I like having um, some level of control and some level of like, (laughs) under like, okay, here's our goals. Here's our our objectives. Here's what we're going to shoot for. And so I kind of had to reframe how I thought about some of that stuff, especially like you said, with this limited list of initial founding members and, you know, like any good CM, I badge them up and, you know, we started enabling. Um, but I was so happy we did this. And it's so incredibly important to start off with like a smaller beta group because the behaviors that they learn from you as the manager, as a community manager, um, they start replicating. And then whenever you start growing, people see that and they begin replicating that as well. And, and that's so important because, and I know we had talked about this was, cool, you want 30,000, we can get that. We can make that happen. You know, let's throw some money to it. We can make that. Um, But is it really going to be the best of of what you want? Is it it really going to achieve these other um, qualitative goals that that are sometimes difficult to measure? And so it it was crazy, but there was so much... Despite what Jason says, there was a lot of thinking through on the decision making. And so while it was and still continues to be a little fly by the seat of our pants, it's intentionally designed that way because the community isn't for me. It is for the members. And that's really how we've tried to build it. In fact, as you know, um, we, we, at our launch party of the community, we had our members vote on the core values and, and where that's so cool is that actually gives our members ownership and it gives them, um, a little bit more insight into how decisions are made. But whenever we looked at the size, once again, we wanted to make sure it was the right type of people who could build, you know, continue to build the community with us, um, and who would take ownership and be excited about it. And so while a lot of it was pretty crazy, and like it still is pretty crazy because it's this is not how people traditionally build community. I think the gamble is really worth it at this point. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, that's 
that is how we do a lot of the things here. You know, we set these big goals and, but I think we feel comfortable setting them because it's not, we don't set them up in a way where it's like, well, Katie, you're going to get fired. If this, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's set these BHAG goals and let's make sure we don't set them in a way where we all know it's ridiculous. You know? So like, if it was like, you know, if it was one of those, that'd be something different, but we tend to set them at a point where we're questioning the, the like we're questioning a little bit, like, like mm. is that possible? <laughs> and there's a, and then if like, yes, there's a world I see that that's possible. Then we rally around it, you know? And that's what I really like about our team is we rally around it. And even if we're just like, Hey, we don't know if we can make this happen or not. We try, you know? And oftentimes it's kind of like, wow, we surprise ourselves, you know? And, um, that's honestly what's been happening with the community with me too, is just the, the feedback that we've got. And, you know, we did a member drive and people wanted to, you know, invite their peers and their colleagues because they're getting value from it. And so just kind of seeing how that's been playing out has been great. Um, let's talk about the programming, you know? So um, let's talk about some of the programming and let's just talk about some of the ideas that uh, you're bringing to the table um, that we're, you know, either doing or thinking about doing um, that might help uh, other community managers. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the biggest things, you know, and this is if you take anything away from from this discussion, I would say build with your members at top of mind. That is it's so tough because so oftentimes we're constrained to certain KPIs and metrics that we have to consider. And as you guys can see, like I'm very lucky that the KPIs are made with both of our considerations and in in the metrics that we're looking at it's it's not as authoritative which is like i'm very blessed for that and i know that not everyone has that so when you're building with with members in mind there really is a way to do it where they're feeling happy and internally your leadership team is happy as well so when it comes to programming one of the things that we did was pull our members i always 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 encourage people if you're not sure where to start talk to your people and try and get feedback from everybody that you possibly can, not just the most 10 active members. Um, and so with that, uh, they said that they really wanted to hear from industry pros, not necessarily the who has the biggest following on LinkedIn, but who's actually out there and is a true practitioner um, and have them share learnings. And so uh, we had Ben LeBay on and did a masterclass with them. And it was so cool. We didn't record it because we wanted to get into the nitty gritty and we didn't want any companies to be upset. And so it was awesome. We, we got to have that conversation and we had a great attendance uh, with that. We've done some really cool webinars, but everyone's doing webinars. And so we're trying to keep it intimate for our members so that they're actually getting something out of it. So we've got our weekly roundtables that we do. Um, love our master classes. Uh, we are going to start a mentorship program soon. So people are able to kind of get a little bit more out of the community and be able to get connected to peers that maybe they haven't been able to speak with before. Um, and it's a really cool time for members to give back. You know, there's something really exciting about um, connecting with someone maybe a few years younger than you or even older who's newer to this space. And you're just like, oh, this is so cool to be a part of it. Um, but everything we've done, it, it's really based off our members. The topics that we bring to the programs, it's stuff that they've asked for help on, um, which is great because nobody cares what I think <laughs> about. <laughs> you know, like I may think some topics really important and they're like, no, that's like so 2012. Stop talking about that. And I'm like, oh, that's fair. <laughs> and so um, yeah. and so it's cool because 
you know, I'm learning so much too, and I'm seeing what what people really care about. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting some more in person events coming out with some really good partners that we're working with. Um, and those are just really great times to connect, um, get to know other people, build your brand, build your network, um, and some dinners out there, which are always really fun. And 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 what's so cool with community is there's just so many opportunities for us to meet in in totally different ways. Um, and it's not like a job interview. And I think that in and of itself makes it like so much better, how less stressful. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's interesting things like you were mentioning that we'll be able to do with the community as well. And part, so like you were talking about, um, oh, like an in-person event or a dinner. Well, what's cool is um, we can actually have partners help us fund some of that and not be, you know, not be salesy. You know, of course, we'll have yeah. the logo on it and like, you know. They'll, they'll be a sponsor, but we won't go spammy. You know, we'll figure out how to best integrate that. But what we want to do is we want to do it in a way where we can kind of self-fund it a little bit, but not in a way where it becomes spammy or salesy or anything like that. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we're trying to figure out. We don't know the answer yet. We've got some interesting ideas, but we're trying to think like, okay, what's something that a a vendor or sponsor would pay for at the same time, the members get value, you know, from it and they don't feel like they're being sold to, even though they're probably getting introduced to a platform that, you know, yeah. they either know or don't know about. And so that'll be our bar, I think, for figuring out how we do paid sponsorships or how we, how we think about money, you know, yeah. exchanging hands in the community. We just want like the first thing will be, uh, does this serve the community's purpose? You know, is this giving value to the the members in some way? And so one of the things we think thought about is, could we set up like demo bake-offs with vendors in, in, in such a way where like the marketer wants to come because it's very highly curated, you know, it's kind of like, okay, each vendor, you get 15 minutes. This is what you can and can't say, you know, this is what you can and can't show. Um, and then there's Q&A time, but like, it's almost like a bake-off, you know, so you have three vendors in the same space and they all do the same, you know, and they get 15 minutes and we charge them for that. But the the members in the community actually get a benefit because it's like, well, I would actually like a demo of these three tools, but, you know, I don't want the whole follow-up that happens, comes after. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want them to think I really, really want this right now. I just want to know how it works and I'm interested and intrigued, you know, so we'll see. Like, like I said, that's an idea. We don't know if we'll do that or not, but um, we'll be thinking about all kinds of ideas like that. Absolutely. It's definitely very non-traditional. And I think where it's so cool, though, is, um, I, gosh, I, I, I think we need to kind of flesh out this idea a little bit more. I'm still, like, very <laughs> much a big fan of it. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, know, what I, I would we'll do to make it work. look at all these different mm -hmm. vendors' platforms without having to go through the hassle of, like, the whole, <laughs> love, hey, I was an SDR, love them, but I don't want to go through the whole <laughs> process. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. We're like, can we skirt that process, help the vendors out, get in front of a good audience, help the marketers out by, you know, we'll see if we can make it work, make a little money at the same time, you know, to do other cool things in the community. So, and that's one of the things that we talked about is anything we do like with money in the community will just be used to sell, to just fund interesting yeah. things in the community, you know? So, um, and so I guess also people thinking about building a community, when you think about the costs, if you do it right, you can self-fund part of it, you know? So it's like, you'll need budget for some activities and events and those kinds of things, but, um, and not right away, of course, no one's going to be like, oh yeah, you have a brand new community that nobody knows what's going on in there. Yeah. Yes. You know, let me give you some money. But 
you do it right over time, building the audience, they can see the, the conversations going on and you've got active members and they know you're curating it and you're really paying attention to it, then I think they'd be more willing to like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Let's see if we can do something together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So we're getting kind of close on time. I always do this, but like, let's <laughs> make, I want to make sure we're hitting a couple of good topics. Um, yeah, let's talk about like, so how does our community or how will it end up having a revenue impact? Like, how do we think we've touched on it a little bit, but how do we think, you know, how do you and I think that's actually going to happen? Um, so yeah, what do, why don't you start on that one? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as far as impacting revenue, of course, ideally sponsorships will come into play. Um, so if anyone wants to sponsor a pair of, uh, Pit Viper sunglasses, I would love to talk with you. Um, Mark said that we cannot do that. They look stupid. I think that they're wicked cool. So if you're interested, let me know. Um, check but, out <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so anywho, so when it comes to the revenue impact, one of the things that we've started seeing, and I mentioned, um, about it earlier is these discussions happening between prospects and customers. And, uh, one of the things that I strategically put in the intro section in our intro channel, there's a little template in there and it asks, what are some of your favorite tools that you use? Um, and so customers have been thankfully putting metadata that they love. That's one of their favorite tools. Um, Ex-customers who have recently left companies have been saying, I just left this company. I'm so sad I'm no longer a metadata user, which is pretty cool. And what we're seeing is conversations are stemming from just those little posts. And so ideally, you know, a year from now, I'll be able to say, hey, because of these discussions, we got expansion opportunities. We got renewal opportunities where those customers were at high risk for not renewing for whatever reason, probably because of budget cuts right now. And so... It it just it's really interesting that we'll be able to track that, which is pretty cool. Um, but ideally that's where we'll really see some of the biggest impact is um seeing that. But I've also seen community be a great um uh, prospecting tool as well. It's a little less threatening than sales traditionally is. And um yeah. it and it gives people an opportunity to feel special and it gives people an opportunity to feel important in as everyone's so concerned about building our brands nowadays. It gives them an opportunity to be seen as a thought leader. Um, and that might be that extra white glove approach that's going to help them convert. So I, I'm excited yeah. to start tracking a lot of that as we get, you know, a little bit more tenured in the community. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think I'm, and we've seen some, like you said, we've seen some organic versions of this happening already. You know, um, somebody posts something and somebody replies like, oh yeah, I use metadata for that. Or man, I'm glad yeah. I have metadata or, you know, there's like little things like that. And then some people I think have even asked, like, I think I've seen some people like, what's your experience with metadata? Literally like in the general community, I think I've seen something yeah. like that. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, so the word of mouth kind of happens in there. I think, um, we don't let, we don't even let our own AEs in the community, which is pretty funny, which I like. So like, we don't even have our own A's in there. So they, they can't lurk and try and like figure out who's talking and what to do. But, you know, we'll we'll share with them some conversations if we think like, oh, this this person actually has some questions and maybe we should follow up with them. But um, the one thing that we are doing, though, like right from the beginning is we're just making sure our analytics are tight, you know, so we're making yeah. sure that we've got data that we can actually at least report on. So, you know, when leadership comes, you know. Hey, so the community has been going for a while. What's been going on? We don't have to just be like, oh, well, actually, let me go configure those reports. So, you yeah. know, we've had these configured since the beginning. So some of the things we do, 
couple things I'll just note uh, that helps us understand like commercial impact is um, the first thing is just as people enter the community, putting them into a Salesforce campaign. So like, you know, just putting them into a Salesforce campaign so that if that person ends up being uh, on an opportunity in some kind of contact role, we'll understand that, oh, okay, they're part of the community. And then kind of in the same vein, we have accounts, like at the account level, we have like a checkbox on like, is there a, somebody from their company that's a member of the community? So we'll be able to see like from the beginning, um, at least the, what do I want to call it? The relationships, you know, between community and commercial business. And then once we start to see the relationships and like, we might even be able to, so for example, the different programming things we'll have in the community, we'll add people who sign up to those into Salesforce campaigns as well. So not just that they're a part of the community, but, oh, was it this webinar? Mm -hmm. They attended this round table, this in-person dinner, you know, we'll actually have them in there as well. So we'll be able to see over time, like what are even some of the programming things that might be more popular or, you know, help lead to that. So yeah, so setting up the analytics, you know, early on so that you can tell that story as it's happening, I think is, is pretty key. And I, I hope I can say I'm a huge fan of Common Room. So if you're looking for a tool, I would highly recommend them. They've been nothing but amazing. Um, and like Jason was saying, what's so important for me is I want to make sure that my members are happy and I'm able to track sentiment from the conversations that they're having. Of course, no personal messages, but in the general areas, and that's huge because I can, I can see, are they happy? Are they not happy? And, and pick from those trending topics, um, different things that we can kind of focus on in, in the community programming. So once again, it's going back to being very, very, very member first and being incredibly intentional with the discussions that's happening and then the types of programming that we're offering for them. Which nice. Is well, yeah, it is huge. Um, well, Katie, this has been awesome just even working with you these last several months as you started. And like, I've just been, and I think you know this, like I'm constantly pleasantly surprised by things that are going on in our community. So it's just been great to kind of watch and see. And hopefully, and I was thinking we should probably do another episode in a little, like in a yeah. couple of months. And we could talk about how do we, you know, like, how are we optimizing the community? You know, how are we getting learnings from it? What have we learned? Uh, and kind of come back around and do another episode. Because I was thinking of like a lot of other things we didn't even really get to touch on today. But if you have not joined our community, please go do. Uh, you can sign up at demand.community. Um, thanks again for listening. Thanks. If you haven't yet, please give us a nice rating on the podcast platform of your choice. Um, what do you follow podcasts? Is that what you do? Subscribe. That's what it is. Subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe to our podcast. So you know, know when the next episode is coming out. But thanks everybody for listening. Katie, thanks for being our guest today. Absolutely. And uh, everybody have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Demand Gen U. If you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe to get future episodes. You can also submit a specific topic you want us to talk about by DMing us on LinkedIn. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep improving and get the word out to other marketers just like you. This podcast is brought to you by Metadata, the first demand generation platform that launches paid campaigns that self-optimize to revenue. If you're looking for a tool that makes it easier for you to build audiences, launch paid campaigns, and experiment at scale, you'll love Metadata. B2B marketers at Zoom, Okta, and ThoughtSpot use Metadata to automate the time-consuming parts of running paid campaigns so they can focus on the things that matter.